Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. This episode is brought to you by the National Centre for Eating Disorders, the NCFED. Does eating rule your life? If you struggle with control of food, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you want to speak in confidence to someone who fully understands your relationship with food, contact Sam at the National Centre for Eating Disorders. You will find our details online or call 0845 838 2040. We know everything there is to know about eating distress and all our practitioners are properly trained. The first simple step is to have a no obligation assessment where you can speak freely in confidence to someone who understands and who will be able to tell you what is keeping you stuck. You will not need to do anything else if you simply want to think about what we have to say. If eating rules your life, Take that first brave step now and get in touch. 0845 838 2040 during the week or look us up at www.eating-disorders.org.uk. So today it's me and I'm going to be talking all about your body image and your social environment and how these interact with each other. And to help you begin to become more aware of the impact of your environment so you can feel more empowered and feel that sense of responsibility to be able to make changes that are going to help you feel better, not only with your body image, but with your mental well-being generally. Now, this episode is inspired by Amy Harmon's book, all about improving body image. And that book is called Perfectly Imperfect, Compassionate Strategies to Cultivate a Positive Body Image. So I really recommend that little book. It's something that is very easy to pick up and read, dip in and out of, and lots of great tips and information in there. So we live incredibly busy lives where our environment is highly influential. We get up, we engage with a to-do list, and we're on the treadmill of the day with accomplishment and doing. And over the course of the day, we're often picking up our phones numerous times, and for many of us, absorbing some kind of content, whether it be from Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, BBC News, favorite shows, podcasts, or something else. And we're also off social media, off our phones, we're having conversations with others, whether it be good friends, family members, or colleagues at work. So how much of all of this is impacting your body image? We often don't stop to consider the impact of our social environment. Now, hopefully, many of the external influences that you're exposed to are positive. However, there could be many things that you're totally unaware of that might be having a negative impact on you and particularly on your body image. So it's very helpful to become more mindful of your surroundings so that you can consciously consider the people, social media, and other messages that could be powerfully influencing you. So how do you begin to do this? How can you become more aware, more insightful, and then start to take steps to feel better and have some control over your environment? So first of all, it's quite helpful to take stock and just assess your environment. 
I know for so many of my clients, diet talk is a norm in friendship groups. And it could be more the sort of traditional dieting. It could be like gym fitness focused, or it could be about the latest wellness trend. And it's sadly typical work chat that people exchange diet or wellness tips, talk about the latest food plan they're following. It's just such a normal part of life. Now, of course, not all of this chat is going to come under the umbrella of disordered eating, but I think a mighty chunk of it often does. And it's sadly also a thing to comment or wait on weight or body changes in other people. And people tend to do this quite innocently and without much consideration for the psychological impact on the individual. And I know many of my clients have been sadly praised for weight loss when in the depths of an eating disorder, which has been shamefully hidden away. Now, I know that's a whole other discussion, but do take on board the toxicity of praising weight loss, even if it's not badly intended. Take baby steps with those around you to educate them that commenting on weight loss is not a helpful thing to do. You never really know what's going on for that person with their relationship with food, you don't know the costs they might be experiencing in, you know, whatever is happening there. Now, interestingly, with diet talk, doing the job I do and my colleagues, when I see them these days, not very often, to be honest with you, since the pandemic, but with my colleagues being eating disorder specialists, I'm quite fortunate to being quite immune to experiencing the daily barrage of people, barrage of people even, sharing their new regime or diet plan. With my colleagues, we don't actively talk about diets. We don't talk about our own weight. We don't talk about losing pounds for the impending wedding. I realize that this is sadly far from the normal for many people. In our diet culture impacted world, for many of you listening, you may experience this diet chat daily and maybe you've never reflected on how much it's impacting you. Now, in an ideal world, Homes, you know, our homes as well should be a place of safety and acceptance where you feel loved and supported with kind words and actions in relation to body image and life generally. Sadly, you know, it's not just work where we get comments about dieting and weight and fat phobia. In many families as well, there's a lot of weight stigma, fat phobia, diet talk, it's just part of life. Now, I take a quite compassionate view as I think many people just talk away about all these topics quite unconsciously and it's really become such a normal thing they've never really questioned it people may be spurting comments without any reflection of how damaging this can potentially be to those around them they've probably been massively exposed to this kind of chat themselves throughout their lives innocent comments commenting on weight changes or labeling a family member as the pretty one or the heavy one these labels stick and also have strong repercussions for the people hearing them. If another sibling is labelled as the pretty one, then you might think, then what does that mean for me? Does that mean I'm ugly or unattractive? You might also experience a parent who has poor body image and who constantly berates their body or is chasing the next diet or plan. So if you're hearing these messages regularly at home, you'll be absorbing them like a sponge and it will understandably impact your own body image. So just have a reflect there. Think about your work. Are people talking about diet, weight loss, things like that a lot? And what about at home? You know, is there a lot of diet chat going on there? Is there a lot of focus on body image? 
The next area in your environment to think about is other influences, other sort of potential authority figures. Now, particularly when you're a child, authority figures are going to have a huge potential impact. And as adults too, we look to influencers, the government, health professionals for guidance and feedback on what we should do. Now, I know that during the pandemic, there was a colossal amount of fear about weight gain amongst human beings generally. And the government didn't deal with this at all, in my opinion, in a helpful way. And I think as well with the recent kind of calories on menus, you know, legislation that's coming in again, really, really unhelpful interventions for people struggling with a difficult relationship with food. And I think sometimes with our authority figures, there's a lot of focus on eating less and moving more, which is all very well. But what if food is your psychological coping strategy? How are you going to cope then? For many of us, you know, the psychology and the emotional side of our relationship with food is really, really important and has a huge impact on the choices we make. So being given more sort of practical strategies or facts such as calories is not going to help the psychological side needs addressing. So we all know it's not as simple as follow some rules and all be well. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have so many people kind of and really struggling with their relationship with food. So if you are given these more simplified messages from authority figures, it often leads to a lot of shame and secrecy with your eating. You start to think there's something wrong with me and that you should simply have more willpower when actually that's not true. Our relationships with food are quite complex and the psychology needs addressing too. So again, we need to just be really aware of like authority figures and the messages they are giving us and beginning to sort of question those a little bit, not taking everything on board or being aware as well of what we're exposing ourselves to, which might not be so helpful. Some other professionals in our environment that can have a potential impact are medical professionals, you know, doctors, you know, they don't get a lot of training in eating disorders or disordered eating at all. You know, often it's just be like a few hours. So they're doing the best they can. I know many people as well feel ashamed to visit their doctor and to seek help for any ailment for fear of being told to lose weight first. And there's a serious lack of understanding about disordered eating and a failure to see overeating or undereating as a coping strategy. And this can bring up lots of shame and you're left feeling as if you've done something very wrong. So even our teachers as well, you know, they are doing their best and have to follow again a lot of sort of government legislation about how you know, healthy eating, exercise, etc., is taught in schools. So teachers are told to implement healthy week and talk about good and bad foods, encourage very much to demonize sugar and then also, you know, having to weigh children. So these messages are powerful and insidious and have a huge potential impact. So it's no wonder that we can feel a significant pressure to change our bodies and look different. The messages are relentless. They're coming from all over the place. And the messages are often done as well with good intentions from people in places of authority that, you know, are essentially trying to help, but often, you know, they are not addressing the whole picture. They're not addressing the psychological side of our relationship with food, and they potentially can have quite a negative impact on self-worth and body image. 
So I'm going to talk briefly about some examples from my own clients. All details are changed to protect confidentiality, but to give you some examples of how people have been impacted by feedback in their environment in relation to their bodies. So firstly, Emma was always told that she was tiny and small. This became an integral part of her identity. She liked being small. Others looked after her and took care of her. She was seen as cute and lovable. When she hit puberty and her body went through healthy and inevitable changes, she found this very hard to adjust to. And she dieted to try to keep a smaller body. Another example, Kate was one of three siblings. From an early age, her brother and sister were taken to child modeling competitions. Their looks were publicly celebrated by family, friends, and people outside. No one commented on Kate's looks, but the fact that she was never included in this made her come to the conclusion that she was ugly and unattractive in comparison. She hated how she looked, and she decided that if she could not be pretty or likable in this way, then she was going to be the thinnest. Another example, Jasmine lost several stone in a few months and developed an eating disorder in the process. Her eating was extremely restrictive, interspersed with periods of binge eating and some purging through taking laxatives. Jasmine went to her doctor to talk about this as she was very concerned. But her doctor sadly did not take Jasmine's symptoms seriously, but praised her for losing weight and reminded her of all the health risks of being overweight. Jasmine left the doctor's surgery feeling that she had been making a fuss out of nothing. And finally, James was a young boy who always worked hard and wanted to please his authority figures. When he took part in Healthy Week at school, he decided he needed to become healthier and to cut out sugar completely. He was convinced that he was doing the right thing and looking after his health. But soon his eating habits became out of control and increasingly restrictive. He lost weight and his health deteriorated through this. So we're all inundated with messages. It can be really helpful to stand back and reflect and to consider the impact of these. You may be living in a body image truth, and I'm saying truth in inverted commas, which is much more about someone else's perception than the truth of your own body. So an exercise just to try, and you might want to stop and pause the podcast for a few moments as you reflect on this. So make a body image timeline, starting with birth and ending with the present day. Include significant life events and mark significant changes in your body over this time. Then add in specific messages that you might have received about your body and specific life events. Now, hopefully it's not all negative and you might have some really positive ones too. But what do you notice when you do your timeline? How has your environment influenced you? How have different people influenced you? And you might want to just really take a step back and reflect and consider the messages that you've been given and to reevaluate them through your adult eyes. Because sometimes we are carrying messages that are outdated, messages that are much more about someone else's perception than about the reality of you. So we talked about some of the negatives here, but I do realize that this isn't the whole picture. And Amy also talks helpfully in her book about positive body image heritage. So she talks about experiences of boating and water skiing with her grandparents and also swimming with her brother and mother at the local community pool. Amy recalls family members with wonderfully functioning but imperfect bodies who are embracing life 
feeling strong and enjoying the moment. There was no shame or body judgment going on. And I think of my own experience with body image growing up. My paternal grandmother was not skinny by any means. And I can recall some family members commenting occasionally about this. But did she care? No way. She embraced life fully with gusto. She never dieted. She baked the most wonderful hot cross buns and cakes and lived life in full multicolour. She laughed, she socialised, and she was focused on community and getting stuck in. She didn't worry about her body. It was a functioning vessel to get her around. She loved clothes and going shopping, and she was not a conventional clothes horse, but this didn't hold her back one jot. I'm incredibly blessed to have a mother as well, who's never dieted, ate everything. She was always happy in her own skin, with minimal makeup, embracing grey hair from her 30s, and wearing a swimsuit on the beach without a thought. So think about your own positive body image role models. Do you have any? Hopefully you do. And what can you learn from them? And if you don't have anyone close to you in your life, there are also some helpful positive body role models on social media. I know there's a lot of toxicity out there, but there's a lot of people out there now who are really embracing their bodies in a much more holistic and helpful way. So let's talk a bit more as well about social media. So we are bombarded with images and many of these have been altered to show an ideal version of beauty and the impact on our body image can be huge. So I'm going to read a section now from Amy Harmon's book talking about culturals and ideals and how This has a real impact on body image. So Amy says, the beauty ideals in our culture are incredibly limiting. When I talk about culture in this context, I'm referring to the Western culture that originates primarily in the United States. The report of the APA Task Force on the Sexualization of Girls cites many studies that show how Western culture has negative effects on women and girls especially, but it also affects men and boys. And one classic study by Anne E. Becker in Fiji in the 1990s illustrates the powerful effect of Western media and culture. And this study measured the effects of three years of TV viewing on adolescent Fijian girls. Now, the study is particularly interesting because Fijian culture gives preference to robust, round body types and discourages dieting and exercise to become slim. So would younger girls choose to accept their own cultural ideals of robust bodies because that is what their elders have done? Or would these young girls succumb to different cultural pressures from another country? And the results of the study were staggering. So in these Fijian girls, risks for developing eating disorders increased. Girls who watch TV at least three nights per week were 50% more likely to see themselves as too fat. And those who watch TV at least three nights per week were 30% more likely to diet, even though they were not more overweight than when the study started. And five times as many girls reported vomiting to lose weight. Now, if you find these results sobering, consider how many more people watch TV and engage in screen time now than in the 1990s. In 2019, Common Sense Media estimated that kids ages 8 to 12 years spent almost five hours per day using some sort of media for entertainment, 
and teens aged 12 to 18 years old spent more than seven hours per day. Adults spend even more time, an estimated 10.5 hours every day, according to the Nielsen Company's 2018 report on media usage. That's a lot of exposure to images that don't represent reality accurately. So, yeah, a powerful study, isn't it? The Fijian one. So thinking about that was in the 1990s. That was just TV. Then when you think about translating that to today with all the different channels we have access to, plus all the social media, we are inundated. So the potential impact on body image is absolutely mind blowing. And we know the kind of Western ideal woman is young, tall, thin, has large breasts, long, thick hair, no body hair anywhere else, flawless skin. For men, tall, slim, muscular, sort of V-shaped, broad shoulders and small waist, full head of hair and flawless skin. Now, thankfully, we are seeing a greater diversity in the media very slowly, but nonetheless, we still have a long way to go. And people chosen to model, act and be on TV often fit these kind of Western ideals. And also on social media, photos are often digitally altered and our exposure to these images creates a new reality. We start to believe that these bodies are normal and achievable. And particularly on social media, we now see many influencers who are ordinary people who have kind of achieved this celebrity-like status. So it feels even more seductive that we should be able to attain these standards that we see. As a result of pressure to conform and look and to look a certain way, people turn to plastic surgery to enhance their bodies and plastic surgery rates increased 48% between 2000 and 2018. So a couple of tips here in starting to deal with some of this. One of the tips is to use your consumer power, you know, support brands that show a diverse and realistic representation of bodies. Use your purchasing power to make a difference. And I know this can be hard because some of these brands are few and far between. Another tip as well is resist the urge to edit your photos. Of course, a bit of editing can be fun and it's nice to post a selfie that's flattering. But you don't want to be creating a chasm between your image online and real life. You'll feel the pressure to look like your photos. And that's a whole other unhelpful pressure to get caught up in. So what are your takeaways from this episode? So have a reflect on your environment, the people, the conversations, the material you consume. How does it impact you? So start to really think about, you know, from when you get up in the morning, from when you go to bed, how are you influenced? So begin to curate and filter your environment to support yourself better. You can have some control over this. Feel that you can take some ownership and set some boundaries for yourself. And of course, some areas are going to be much easier than others. It might be simpler to curate your social media feed compared to perhaps talking to a close friend or family member about conversations around dieting. But, you know, it's thinking about where's your first baby step? Notice people in your life as well. Can you avoid certain situations? Can you not join in with diet talk? Can you gravitate towards people who are more body neutral or body positive? Identify your supporters you know, really gravitate towards those people who are going to uplift you and make you feel good. 
set boundaries as well. If you've been in treatment for an eating disorder, you may not want to hang out with other people who are struggling. You may not wish to spend a lot of time around friends or family members who are body critical or talk a lot about weight or diets. If you're at a family event, you may want to distance yourself from negative body talk. You might need to go for a walk or pet your dog or get away for a few minutes. And you can also let people know kindly and gently about negative body talk and how it impacts you. And this will help them reflect and reconsider how they want to be around body image issues. Because often people just don't realize the impact of diet talk and are in need of some gentle and kind education. So be brave, be a trailblazer in challenging negative body messages. Create your social media feed as well. Notice which images are particularly triggering and explore why. Don't just be a passive consumer. Body positive, body neutral, health at every size, and those supporting intuitive eating accounts are all on the increase. So gravitate towards these kind of accounts. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it has given you some things to think about in terms of how you can feel empowered to improve your body image by starting to make changes in your environment. So feel empowered that you can have some control, that you can be an agent for change. And it's really tough in a diet culture world where you only have to open up a newspaper and you're being told about the next fasting plan or kind of wellness fad can be so seductive. But put the blinkers on, stay in your own lane really work on improving your body image and having some control and influence on what you expose yourself to. Create your environment to work for you and all the baby steps will add up. Good luck. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you would follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm